Food is the language everyone speaks, but do we truly understand it? Between the conversations over organic food and GMOs, different diets taking the world by storm, and how what we eat actually impacts our environment, there's no shortage of things to learn about. Hi, I'm Karel Vega. And I'm Cheryl Kirschenbaum, and this is Serving Up Science. Cheryl, do you know which Halloween tradition I'm looking forward to most this month? Which one, Corel? Carving jack-o'-lanterns. I am too, and my favorite part is pumpkin picking. I love getting out to a farm with the family and letting my kids find the perfect pumpkin. I don't see how a pumpkin patch could be more sincere than this one. You can look all around and there's not a sign of hypocrisy. Nothing but sincerity as far as the eye can see. Most of us are familiar with Charles Schultz's Halloween peanut special, but do you know about the Irish folktale of Stingy Jack, the one that's influenced a very important Halloween tradition, carving jack-o'-lanterns? I don't think I've heard that folktale before. Well, fortunately, student reporter Amanda Barbarina is here to tell us all about it. As the Irish legend goes, a man named Stingy Jack asked the devil to get a drink with him. Jack then convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin so Jack could pay for their drinks. Instead of using it as payment, Jack put the coin in his pocket with a silver cross, which kept the devil from changing back. Jack eventually released him as long as the devil never claimed his soul when he died. Years later, when Stingy Jack finally died, he was banned from heaven for being manipulative. But the devil had promised Stingy Jack earlier that he wouldn't claim his soul. So Jack was doomed to wander the earth for the rest of time. He was given a burning coal which he put into a carved turnip and that was his light that led his way. This is one theory of where the concept of jack-o'-lanterns came from. It literally sounds like Jack of the Lantern. But scary faces weren't carved into produce until the 19th century, usually turnips or potatoes because they were common in Ireland and Scotland. These scary faces were supposed to frighten Stingy Jack and other evil spirits from someone's house. When Irish immigrants came to America, they realized the pumpkins were a better object to carve. They're much sturdier and larger. As the popularity of carving pumpkins has grown, we now see pumpkin patches across the United States, with Illinois being the leading producer of pumpkins. Michigan harvests approximately 5,000 acres of pumpkins per year, according to a United States Department of Agriculture study. Uncle John Cidermill is a fifth-generation family farm that grows apples and pumpkins. Out of Michigan's 5,000 acres, the president of Uncle John's, Mike Beck, says they harvest about 40 acres of pumpkins per year. It's a really nice pumpkin crop this year, and I really added to our diversity a lot of really pretty, beautiful, unique pumpkins that we have besides the standard jack-o'-lantern. Besides the Cinderella and fairy tale pumpkin, there are a range of different jack-o'-lantern-ready pumpkins that aren't as common with interesting names. Like in the pretty ones like the Porcelain Doll or the uh, Grey Ghost, Black Knight, and the jack-o'-lanterns, sometimes it's just numbers like HM2461 or sometimes it's called King Giant or Atlantic Wonder. And once you find the perfect pumpkin, you have to carve it. Beck suggests having a plan ready for what you'll do with the pumpkin's guts. Find a good place for all the stuff on the inside. There's a lot more of it there than you realize. (laughs) So if you have a good place to compost, it's great. Or you could even plant them next year and create your own pumpkin patch. Beck recommends an 8x8 square for planting a few pumpkins. Many carving experts say that in order to keep a pumpkin from molding or becoming dehydrated, they recommend coating the cut parts of the pumpkin with petroleum jelly. They also mention cutting the bottom of the pumpkin rather than the top. This allows the pumpkin to sit flatly on a porch or table. Plus, it's typically easier to put a pumpkin over a lit candle 
rather than lowering a lit candle into it. Most importantly, be careful with sharp tools used to cut pumpkins. The best way to start carving a pumpkin is by printing off a jack-o'-lantern stencil and taping it to your pumpkin. Or for those more artistically inclined, sketching out a design directly on the pumpkin in permanent ink or pencil will make carving much easier. Beck also recommended a different strategy that is not typically used. Instead of cutting through the pumpkin, some people scrape parts of the skin away so it becomes almost translucent. When a candle is inside, the light shines through the thin parts of the pumpkin and still makes it glow, just in a different way. Once the insides of the pumpkin are taken out, you can separate the seeds from the guts and use them to make a tasty autumn snack that balances out the sugar from Halloween candy. You can toast them in the oven and sprinkle them with salt. For Serving Up Science, I'm Amanda Barberina. Thanks, Amanda. You know, those seeds are a tasty snack. I think pulling all the guts out of the pumpkin might be my favorite part. And this year, I'll be sure to make an extra scary jack-o'-lantern. We don't want Stingy Jack paying anybody a visit. You've been listening to Serving Up Science, the podcast about food, its origins, and impact on the planet. This series is produced in association with Food at MSU. I'm Karel Vega. And I'm Cheryl Kirschenbaum, and this is WKAR. WKAR.